Welcome to Access Answers. I'm your host, Julia Vergara, along with Angela O'Pry, and today we have Lisa Cromwell as our guest to help us celebrate International Women's Day this year. Lisa, we are so excited to have you as our guest this month in March, celebrating International Women's Day coming up on March 8th. There is not a better person I could have picked for this topic, and you're a principal with Access Sciences, but also you can find on your LinkedIn that you are a creative thinker, a strategist, a thoughtful coach, and a writer. Love that. And for those of you that don't know, International Women's Day is a global day celebrating the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. Certainly have a lot to celebrate your achievements here. And the day also marks a call to action for accelerating women's equality. So before we go down that topic too much, let's give a little bit more about your background so the audience can get to know you. So, so thank you, Angela and uh, Julia, for inviting me. And uh, yeah, International Women's Day, I just became aware of that I don't know, maybe a few years ago, so I don't know how old it is, but I think it's wonderful, you know, that uh, celebrating the female, she or her, anyone that identifies as, as a woman. And you asked me, you know, things to celebrate. And I just think about, I guess, my own uh, personal journey as a woman. And for me, my my path was through education. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a scholarship out of high school for college. And I think back now, <laughs> and if, if that had not happened, you know, what would have my, my path have been? And I think about so many uh, women uh, and young girls, maybe who still don't have that path. But that really was key for me and you know going through college and having a degree was the start of access for me um, you know we think uh, a lot today around diversity equity and inclusion and I'm uh, this is a podcast so people can't see me but I'm a white woman uh, but you know still as as women we can can face barriers no matter our color and that degree opened some doors so I am I am thankful for that uh, I'm just passionate about access to to education and what that can do for women and girls and you know I am using an example of being able to go to college but I also know that there are many paths for education um, that could be you know, a community college or some other type of path for women. Well, Lisa, you didn't mention what college you went to, and I have <laughs> to bring that up. I can't not bring up uh, the fact that you are a fellow Aggie with yeah. myself, so. <laughs> yes, yes, okay. So, and I am, you know, as I think back to the the lingo and the jargon, which is very prevalent at college station and um you might even put me sometimes in the bad ag category but <laughs> the two percenter the two percenter but I again uh, grateful for that and 
I will say, you know, something I didn't say before in that the path I chose at the time was a male dominated field, which was in the engineering school. And that also at the time set me apart some. Um, and now I'm very thrilled to see such huge emphasis on STEM for, for women, you know, science, technology, is it engineering yeah. <laughs> and, and math uh, and, and not saying that that is everyone's path, but yeah, it was, it was a great experience uh, for me. And I think also helped differentiate or distinguish me, right? Because I was a, a female student predominantly with, with, with male students at the time. And I'm, I'm betting that's still kind of the case, although it's, it's moving, I think, in uh, a more inclusive direction. And your journey to education continued. Tell us <laughs> a little bit about your decision to apply and even the last two years of your journey at the Rice Executive MBA program. Yes. So I had thought about going back to school several times in my career and had pushed it to the side with things I was telling myself that I'd waited too long, that I was too old, that it's just your time has passed. And what negative self-talk. And I think sometimes within we do that to ourselves. However, in the last, gosh, I don't know, six years, maybe eight years, I had another part of, of my life journey in, you know, caring for uh, a parent. And out of that, I, I really came out of it with this renewed drive and passion and desire to bring as much of myself <laughs> to the world as possible. And I think, uh, that that came from, I think that experience, and you know, I'm talking about caring for my mother, and you know, she, I could just hear her voice of like, Lisa, just go for it. So that started me down the journey of, yes, the time is now. You need to do this. And so, I, you know, went through the application process. I reached out to other women in my life to be part of this application in terms of those people that tell part of your story about why you should go and, and, and be admitted to this school. And I, I, I did that. And anyway, it, I still remember getting the acceptance and I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, it, it just, it blew me away. And, um, it's been an incredible journey and one of the best things that, that I've ever done for myself and, you know, in this program, we are uh, a single cohort of just over 60 people and the, the learnings, the bonds, the exposure to all of these other people and our professors and the Rice community is, is invaluable. And I am just a, a better human <laughs> uh, for, for going through it and I'm, I'm getting close to, to the finish line. And that's, that's a really great so when's feeling. the finish line. <laughs> well, it should be this, uh, well, it will be. How about that? Um, oh, that's this May, so exciting. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank so you throughout much. the application process and even just throughout, you know, your career, who have your mentors been? So, you know, I think I, I talked about my mother and I know uh, she has so many roles for me and I, I, I just, I put her in the, the champion role and always being an ear for me. And so in that way, a mentor, um, and just never doubting what, what I could do. And then if I think about starting my career, I, I think I was lucky in having some female bosses that I really had a strong connection with. And when I look back now, again, also, lucky in that the the relationship we were able to create was was one of authenticity and trust and empowerment <laughs> and uh you realize when you don't have those things how important they are and so i had relatively i guess longer term employment engagements you know in, in my career if i look back i wasn't one that was, you know, two years here or a year there. And so these relationships uh, really helped me. And I just thrived, I think, in an environment where trust was given, where I could have, you know, real dialogue with my boss and trust each other. And, you know, I think that kind of became a model for me as I started to lead others and, and, and be a leader myself. I'm a person who is very attuned to their environment in, in, the, in the physical way uh, and how that affects our, our mindset. And so, you know, as, as someone who has managed people in an organizational setting or led and managed teams <clears throat> in a project setting, I am being very intentional about the type of environment that I want to create and definitely one where authenticity prevails, you know, letting people know that <clears throat> I really want and need your, your whole self at the table. Um, and I have some some memories sometimes of encountering women who were more hesitant, right? And I, I saw that and I, meaning being themselves and contributing, right? And uh, as opposed to sometimes uh, men on the team. And I remember having with, with one former colleague, a very explicit conversation that really helped move us forward because she came from an environment where what was getting her attention, what was getting her inclusion was her appearance. And it had just become ingrained in her and she had toned down her own intelligence because that wasn't what was asked for <laughs> or rewarded. It was, it was her, how she looked. And I knew what 
what was on the inside, right? And so I remember having this conversation with her and it just, um, it just opened up so many things, right? And then I had such joy of seeing this, the whole woman. <laughs> and anyway, when I, when I have opportunities like that to empower other women, that lifts me up. What are some ways that you think are important to empower women? What can we all do to empower each other? So that is a really uh, great question, Angela. And, you know, one thing that I had looked up ahead of uh, sitting down to do this podcast was the definition of empowerment and just one sort of funny aside, right? So what do we do? We, we Google now, right? Although I do have an actual hard dictionary in my home, but we, we go to Google and um, it said the process of becoming stronger and more confident, especially in controlling one's life and claiming one's rights. And just reading that definition was it's powerful, powerful, right? And the, the, the funny note there, what I meant to say is that with Google, with it being online, right, there's that voice button. <laughs> and I kept, <laughs> I kept pressing the voice. I just see and, and the voice. It was this female voice just saying the word empowerment. I was like, yes, say it again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just hearing it. And uh, so anyway, but when I, again, as I read those words and um, so I think a couple of things there, it, it starts with, for me, noticing, because we're all individual women and humans and all in different states and places of our life. But if we don't start with noticing those others around us, then how can we even start the empowerment journey for someone else, you know? And um, I think with now everything being, you know, online and virtual through this past year, that can be harder. But um, I think then is if you can, even doing it in, in small steps, you know, if we're talking about in the, in the work setting, you know, can you have some time where you're talking and trying to just build a, a relationship in small ways with a colleague and, you know, just, just asking questions and listening about, you know, what was your favorite book or do you like chocolate or, uh, do you even have albums in your house? I mean, you know, starting with just some questions that can, you know, break down some barriers and starting to listen to each other. And so, you know, noticing and, and being aware where you can start a relationship. And then I think as, as each of us gain more uh, influence or uh, power within our own organizations, using that to open doors for other women and, you know, being their, their advocate in conversations that you get to be a participant in because of their role, but they can't yet, right? So sort of being that voice 
Yeah, that, that, that's what I, we would say. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be sometimes grand gestures, but it's, it's, I think it's made up of little actions every day. When I think back three years ago, when I first started with Access Sciences, I can't honestly remember exactly how, when, or, or even why it came up. But, you know, I had just lost my father a month before to Alzheimer's. And in some meeting or conversation or somehow it came up, Lisa, that that's your mom, what you were caring for her. And she was um, experiencing that and going through that journey. So that really bonded us from the very beginning. And we were there to support each other. And you know, kind of cemented our empowerment journey for each other and, have, you know, stayed that course over the past three years. So like I said, I don't remember how, when, or why that conversation even, it came out that you were suffering from the same experience, but it is powerful when you find that you can relate to someone and be there for them. Absolutely. And Angela, I think I recall we may have, uh, had a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> I think that may have been may have been part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's usually wine yeah. involved. Nothing wrong with that. Yes. And you also have nieces that you talk frequently about that are a big part <laughs> of your life. And so when you think about empowerment, mm-hmm. what are some words that you would share with them? And maybe you already have shared with them, I'm sure. Yes, I, I am so lucky and grateful to be an aunt to uh, my brother's two daughters. And the oldest, my oldest niece is, I think she will be 18, if I got that right, uh, in, in the summertime. So she's about to uh, graduate from high school and then start her journey, which she also has a, got a scholarship, but hers was a combined athletic and academic scholarship. So she, she is an inspiration to me. Uh, and my younger niece, a little bit younger as well. And I would say just seeing their both physical strength, athletics, they're both have been athletes, you know, so that was never me, but I see how that has already as, as young girls and young women had an incredible impact. Um, and I think, and I I digress slightly, but just as women, you know, if you've got that physical strength, I think that shows up in how you (laughs) present yourself. Right. So, um, that's just been amazing to see. And they are both so much more aware and engaged of the world and people different from them and they embrace it and they they fight for causes you know and I'm just like oh my gosh this is just great to see and so um the other thing though is so I I certainly have shared sometimes you know coming back to 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 education with them you know how important that was. And I guess indirectly trying to maybe plant a seed that wherever you go, you know, maybe some continuing education is going to help you. So I'm, I'm seeing that come to fruition. But the other thing that, that we share is just very openly and in words saying, I love you. 
yeah. <laughs> you know, and in a in a text uh, with emojis, and it's it's just so simple, but still empowering. And you know, they have been sources of strength on the the journey as as I was uh, going through with with my mom as as other family members, but. I am just so excited to see where they're going to go. And yeah, I think that's, that's what I'll say right now. And I'm just looking forward to their continued growth as, as women and as humans. Well, you certainly are the cool aunt Lisa. They come in. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm hanging. Yeah. I'm tr- <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to hang on to that for a little bit longer. You have the closet yeah. full of cool clothes. That that is true, um, and I I do have one memory of, uh, and it was around the time when my family was here and we were getting ready for my uh, my mother's funeral service, and so I had in my closet some of her clothes from the time that we lived in Hawaii. And so these were very unique uh, clothes and dresses from from a different place and also a different era, you know, uh, probably the 1970s. And so I remember opening my closet and my two nieces going in and finding outfits that they just were like, can I try this on? You know, and I was like, yes, please. <laughs> and it was just wonderful to see, you know, and so my, my oldest niece found this gown that almost was very, uh, well, what is it like uh, frozen? I mean, just these, this long flowing gown with the bell sleeves. And I was still remember her asking, uh, my sister-in-law, she's like, mom, can I wear this tomorrow to the funeral? And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she ended up choosing something else, but it was just, I think that authenticity and seeing their joy on their faces and and knowing, right, that that was worn by their grandmother, my mom, and then the younger one finding this other outfit that was, you know, such iconic of the time that just fit her personality, you know, like this short vest that had like the midriff open and this skirt. I don't know. It just, it was this neat moment. So. Thank you for reminding me of that. (laughs) (laughs) Access Answers is owned and operated by Access Sciences. We are a consulting and business process outsourcing firm specializing in information governance, technology enablement, and business strategy. Since 1985, our dynamic team of experts has been committed to meeting each of our clients' unique information needs. If you're interested in partnering with Access Sciences, send us an email at info at accesssciences.com. So Lisa, I mentioned earlier at the beginning of this episode that you are a creative thinker. And I know we talk a lot about creativity in our conversations. What are some ways that you express your creativity? Yes, so that is something more and more that brings me joy and inspires me is that outlet. And believe it or not, one of the ways, so, so some of it is about that environment around you 
and getting yourself into that, that zone, right? So sometimes people talk about that moment of flow where you're not trying to block thoughts. And so for me, using color and, and coloring or colored pencils and a piece of paper sometimes helps me in that I, I am using, uh, I'm thinking through some situation. So I'm actually, you know, writing words on the page and I'm using arrows to connect words, but then I'm using the colors also and to annotate or draw or, or make connections. And it's, it's, it, it may be, you know, just saying these words may be hard for others to relate to it, but it really just helps engage some part of my brain that I think by the combination of just letting things flow, I'm starting to make connections to what I've actually got on the page. And I'd say the, the other way is getting some immediate feedback from other people uh, about an idea or an inspiration and you know, that really helps because again, we're all different. And so something that, that maybe I might discount if I am sharing early in a thought process, then I can either get some validation or some different perspective. And then that keeps that sort of creativity engine going. Um, I would say, you know, if we come back to the workplace, then you know, that environment plays a huge role. And I think that the the notion of coming back to empowerment and psychological safety in feeling that it's okay to be creative and to use time to do that because Sometimes, like I talked about, you know, writing words and drawing, so there's some actual physical activity going on, but other times it may be something where you're more still, you know, and uh, that may feel awkward or that you're not contributing towards something, right? Because there's not an action, you're not typing and, and you know, it varies for, for people, but I do think that a key aspect is giving yourself that that time and permission to do it and being part of an uh, of an organization that that embraces that and recognizes that being innovative and creative can feel uh, risky sometimes because it means that we're sort of giving in to the process into the journey. Uh, we don't know where the outcome may lead. And, you know, it may come out with something that isn't quite right, you know, or that we consider uh, a failure, right? And sometimes even saying that word. But yet, if we never go down these paths, then how do we, how do we learn from it and, and make it better? Um, so, yeah, those are those are some things that helped me. In our last podcast with Jeff Moore from the Austin Convention Center, he uh, referenced a study that found that in COVID, productivity has 
I think it was either remained the same or increased, but what has decreased was creativity. And he said that it's just because it's very important, you know, having that in-person interaction, being able to whiteboard those ideas. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's probably not surprising to me to hear that outcome from that study because maybe just as I reflect on some of the things I said, right, which is sometimes getting that early feedback or sharing it. And if if we go back to the work environment, sometimes that happens with popping out of your cube or your office and going into the next office and just having that interaction and that spark to keep going and those, those informal collisions uh, that, that, that help us. And especially, you know, Julia, you mentioned the whiteboard and I, I absolutely miss the huge whiteboards that we have in our own offices, right? And now I have my small notebook and my page where I'm trying to, to do it. But, uh, and so far, the, the virtual ones, they're, they're getting better, uh, but it's, it's not quite the same. I can see how that's taking an impact. Absolutely. I think the tools, like you said, Lisa, are making significant strides, especially in the past year. I know, Julia, you wrote the blog about virtual whiteboards last summer, and I feel like even since then, so much has changed. What I find for my own self is the distractions, just my environment. And I think, Lisa, you even touched on it earlier. Your environment is so important. So, you know, being at home, I just have significantly more distraction that takes me out of that focused free-flowing, creative space. I'm thinking about, oh, I need to go start the washing machine. And, oh, you know, let me just do a load of, of dishes really quick. And what's my grocery list for the week? And because I'm at home, I'm thinking about these things. It's right in front of me. Angela, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because you raised something that I wanted to just highlight briefly, which is the role of women at home. And I'm not in any way positing that it's always only women in these roles, but now the the fragmentation of their time and their attention is even higher at home. And so, and especially our our working moms with children who have also been impacted by being at home, you know, or a spouse or a partner who's also at home. How do you even maintain your your healthy mental outlook through all of that um, because you as as a woman and I'll just say as a human we care about all those things and now you know your at-home environment they're all there with you and so um, I know that that's incredibly fatiguing and have heard from some colleagues and others about how creative women are getting sometimes to try to even make that physical space at home theirs. Like where, where can I actually find a space that I can go and it's just mine? You know, sometimes that's up in the attic, but, <laughs> but and that's, that's a true story, but you know, but, and, and then there's other situations where that may not be possible. Right. And, um, everyone needs a she shed. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. That, uh, which that takes me, reminds me of Pinterest. So I think (laughs) I have, 
I don't have a board called She Shed. It may be called House Home, but I know that I have <laughs> images of She Sheds. And yeah, that would be a dream, I think, to have like your own own space just to just be you. What do you think yeah. would be in your she shed? Would it be an oh, open wine gosh. bar? Would it be an art <laughs> studio? Would it be a movie oh, theater, wow. <laughs> a library? Or all so, of the above? Yeah, I definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so books would be there. Music would be there. And actually maybe a turntable. And I know. <laughs> <laughs> so there is something just about in the process of taking out the album, putting mm-hmm. it on, dropping the needle and sitting back, but, but music. And I, I happen to be a fan of a very nice dry martini. So I might have <laughs> a, a shaker maybe in there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I think natural light and plants. So now, oh gosh, mm-hmm. keeping going. <laughs> like now, now it's becoming more real for me, but uh, yeah, and then a place I think for uh, pets. So uh, I know you can't exclude the cats too. They need a home out there. They do. They do. Yeah. <laughs> I love turntables also, and I've stayed in some Airbnbs that have them, and my sisters have them. And I was all set to ask for one for my birthday a few years ago until I realized you had to collect the records. And I just was like, what am I going to do with a bunch of records? I don't have a play. I'm not a collector of things like that. And so I do love them, though. They're they're very some relaxing, I guess. I love to just turn it on and the sound is different. Yeah, which obviously I still I have some in, in, in my home. And I think the just the concept of an album, I know you you still can, you know, download an entire album but I think when it's in physical form to me there's more of an impact in terms of the concept or the message uh what that album is about as opposed to individual songs anyway that's a digression (laughs) (laughs) what's your favorite album greatest of all time what would you say I you know Angela I don't know that I could answer that here today um I may have to pass on that one. I thought but, for sure it would be the Taylor Swift album that she just re-recorded, no? <laughs> so don't don't try to age me now, but uh <laughs> I no, I am a uh, you know, obviously uh I do listen to Taylor Swift, but I don't have any of her albums. <laughs> the actual physical album. So maybe yeah. not artists, but do you have any favorite thought leaders in mind that you like following? Any authors? So I think there are, so I'll think of some various sources. So, you know, with social media, I'm more on Instagram. And so there I follow Thrive Global. So, you know, that was started by Ariana Huffington and for me, it's just some of the postings they have on messages or inspirations are serve purposes for me. You know, <laughs> you just just go and you see a phrase, and um, uh, like there was one the other day that I think was talking about a it just was a graphic of you know 
is personal growth supposed to be this linear, right? This always upward path. And then beside it was what it actually looks like, which was, you know, all these circles and down and up and just even seeing that helped me, right? Because it's like, of course not, right? We're not always this way. And, you know, whatever journey you take is, is yours. So, you know, there's that. And there's some other authors. I know one that Angela and I share is Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes. And um, the, the book that Angela turned me on to, which helped me remember, Angela, was it, was it magic? What was it? Big um, magic. Big magic. Thank you. And that also, I felt like sometimes I was, what I was reading in that book was sort of like my mother's voice in my ear, you know, and, you know, you can do things and bring yourself to the world. But a part of that also is accepting that fear comes along with it and just moving forward. And I think that's a lot of what has inspired and motivated me in, in the time since my, my mom's passing, right. It's just keep moving forward. The, the fear is part of the journey, but keep going. (laughs) I was doing some research before our, our schedule today, our recording. And I saw in one news article, they referring to this quote unquote, she session instead of a recession which is in reference to the jobs that were lost by women in 2020 as a result of the pandemic. And in December alone, there was a report of 140,000 jobs lost, all of which were by women, presumably because of a variety of different factors, one of them being education, which has been a highlight of our conversation today and the roles that they play, and also being a working mother and having other obligations that took them out of the workforce. So, you know, the founder of Girls Who Code, which we as Access Sciences have been supporting this mission and, you know, supporting young girls in STEM and leading them down that education journey for them. The founder, Reshma Sajani, started this Marshall Plan for Moms where she's asking the federal government to help support the working mothers and really put a dollar to the value that they're providing to society because really they're taking unpaid jobs, you know, and losing out on the benefits and the experience and their careers, etc. So I guess do you have any thoughts or have any connections that you know that have been experiencing this? So I'm aware of the the statistics and numbers and impact that you refer to, Angela, because I had seen a uh, an article that touched on it and it actually posted it on LinkedIn. Um, and it's, and there's been some other articles too, and it's it actually, it's such a tragedy. And I remember maybe the first time I was coming across it, I mean, I was almost starting to cry a little bit because the the message was, in some cases, the decision that a lot of these women were making 
was going to be a permanent one. They were not going to come back into the workforce. And I just think, wow, in terms of growth and equity, to me, that also means that you have choices. And if that is your only choice between perhaps surviving (laughs) uh, or not, then that is a very terrible state to be in for women, you know, and just highlights again how vulnerable women can be sometimes. So I, you know, I would support that notion of the Marshall Plan. And the, the other thing I think about, too, is the Equal Rights Amendment. And believe it or not, you know, I have a very early memory. I mean, I, I so my, my parents were probably a little bit more pro- progressive of, like, being uh, on an early picket line around trying to get attention for the Equal Rights Amendment. And, you know, it's still not ratified, right? And it's it's about having, you know, equal protection for women in the Constitution. And I don't want to go too far down a, a political path in this, uh, in our podcast today, but I just wonder if if we had that, would that even add more support for what the Marshall Plan is about? And just, you know, the notion of equal protection under the law for women. I do, in my own journey, accept that I have privilege as a part of that. And so when I think about, you know, the notion of the Marshall Plan or women that have lost jobs, I think that a lot of them may be in situations where they didn't have my access to education or their their jobs were of of a different sort that didn't provide benefits that I have. Again, I kind of come back to the notion that 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 became this stopping point and now they're going to opt out and it's just really sad. So I I do want to educate myself more on the plan that you referenced, Angela, and continue to highlight that where I can and and support it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with with International Women's Day approaching just right around the corner on March 8th, I think we can all acknowledge we have a ways to go. Certainly something to celebrate that we have for the first time ever in the history of the United States, a female vice president. So that is progress, but I think the reports from the jobs lost, we still we still have a ways to go. Yes, that is a huge moment to, to celebrate. And again, I go back to my nieces and what impact this is going to have on them, right? Where uh, there won't be any messages, well, potentially less messages in their head about, oh, that's not the right path for you, that just don't go down there, right? Look what they get to see, right? I, I love that. And the thing also that I think I really find uplifting about that is that it's also pairing the woman and the man together. Um, so it's, 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 again, it's showing this strong, one, a female leader, but also a partnership. And maybe in some way, you know, also modeling an allyship 
between men and women. And that's another area where I think women and men can support each other. You know, when allies and mentors, there's no definition of what, you know, what gender that needs to be. But, uh, you know, I think when you have those strong allyships of men and women together, it's even more powerful. So I really, uh, I like that image. So Lisa, I think you probably also received the email from the Greater Houston Partnership that their annual Rise to the Top event is already approaching. I think that was our last sponsored event and the luncheon that Access Sciences attended in person in 2020. I cannot believe it's already here again in 2021. So I really appreciate the GHP. They always put on phenomenal events. And the Women's Energy Network, I know you're a member of that as well. And attending a presentation recently about DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, supporting women in energy. Are there any other resources or events or organizations that you would recommend? Yeah, so Angela, I remember the, the the rise to the top event as well, and how nice that was, right, to be in person. And I do miss that and look forward to it uh, when we when we can be in person. But I also have attended one in person, and then now virtually the Women in Leadership Conference, which is put on by uh, Rice Business and that has been a wonderful event. It's just a it's a day, and it's uh, usually in it has been in February around uh, Valentine's Day, and it's just a day where there are inspirational speakers uh, and women who are leaders sharing their story, you know, uh, taking in questions, and I think helping to inspire other women on their journey. And it's also an opportunity to, you know, attend a session and sit next to someone and again, make that connection with who they are, why they're there and, you know, come away with uh, a new bond that you didn't have before. And I think it's also powerful sort of to have a day where that focus is on women and just hearing these stories and being inspired by them. So I would recommend that to women as well. So Angela and Julia, I also uh, go back to our webinar series that Access Sciences did in the in the height of, well, last summer. And I clearly remember seeing our promotion for our webinar and it was, it was all women. And it was very powerful to me to, to see that and have that be out there. And uh, I just thought how great that was for other people. you know, LinkedIn members to see and get an idea of access sciences. You know, we are a a women's business enterprise and have a female founder. We have women on our executive team and we have 
women in technology and just seeing that out in the world. <laughs> it, it just made me feel really proud to see that. Yes. And our first ever podcast was all women. Yes. So, <laughs> and, you know, and again, at our company, we have uh, allies of men as well, but just shining that spotlight on the, the women in our company made me feel proud. Well, thank you so much for being our podcast guest today and talking about International Women's Day. Again, I could not have picked a better guest to talk about this topic and hashtag choose to challenge from International Women's Day. You can find it on their website and social media. Thank you again, Angela and Julia. Thank you.